0: Law Talk Radio Hello, this is Nick Augustine and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio Features, produced by Augustine Global PR. We produce the weekly Law Talk Radio DuPage programs as well as the new Law Talk Radio Features episodes. Our 30-minute weekly call-in guest show features national stories as well as national experts and panel presentations on current trends and legal news. We cover important legal decisions that affect various practice areas. We engage in objective and investigative journalism. Get in touch and let's tell your story. Partial support for Law Talk Radio features comes from Chris McCarthy of Northwestern Mutual. Chris McCarthy provides individuals and business owners with expert guidance and exclusive access to Northwestern Mutual's life and disability insurance policies. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For on-demand links to all of our episodes and links to our host station, please visit our website and select the link called On-Demand Episodes located at AugustineLegalPR.com forward slash Law Talk radio or you can just search for Augustine Legal PR. All right. Our show today is titled Attorney Milt Johns and $750,000 Lawsuit for Defamatory Yelp Posting. There is no special protection for consumers who publish defamatory statements of fact on social media and consumer sites like Yelp. Milt Johns is the attorney representing a plaintiff who sued for $750,000 after a customer made alleged false statements on fact on Yelp. You can read a summary of this case on Chicago Now by searching for Chicago Now, Milt Johns, and Yelp posting, or a similar combination of the facts. Um, Milt Johns has spent over 22 years in the Department of Defense contracting industry in legal and management positions, and before joining Cuccinelli and Day um, of Counsel, he maintained a private practice of law for almost 10 years. He's litigated in the areas of traffic and criminal law, juvenile and domestic relations, personal injury, commercial contracts, and government contracts. He's advised corporate clients in the areas of employment law, contracts, real estate, export control and intellectual property a website for Jones and day his current law firm where He is a, a partner, is dayjohns.com. So, again, www.dayjohns.com, and they are in the uh, D.C. area. And as far as our show goes today, we'd like to welcome callers. If you do have any uh, questions or want to uh, make your comment, of course, we have an objective show here. But the tile and number is area code 917-889-9732, option one to be placed in our caller queue. Again, that telephone number is 917 917- Eight eight nine nine seven three two. By way of quick disclaimer, before we get moving today, this is a general information program and the advice on this show does not constitute legal advice. Communication with attorney guests among guests and callers on this show cannot give rise to an attorney-client relationship. If you have questions, you should consult with an attorney in your area. Finally, all callers remain confidential and rights to this broadcast are reserved. So a uh, 30,000-foot view of the questions and topics we'll cover uh, this evening in our 30-minute program. Number one, why is this case about Yelp so important to people who rely on sites like Yelp and the people who post and use Yelp? Two, what are the misconceptions about a consumer's assumed right to comment freely without regard to the truth? And after our short break at halfway point, our third topic is how should consumers use sites like Yelp, and if they have troubles, who's there to help? And fourth and finally, what are some other related issues that consumers should be aware of when engaging in dialogue online? So uh, with no further ado, I'd like to welcome my guest, Milt Johns.
1: Uh, Nick, thanks for having me on tonight. Uh, Hope you can uh, hear me okay. It's a pleasure to uh, get a chance to chat with you about this topic.
0: Well, I'm glad that you could uh, carve out some of your valuable time. Let's start real quickly with uh, what you do in, in your practice area and how you got there.
1: Uh, well, uh, I've been uh, practicing law for uh, 15 years. Uh, our firm, uh, Day & Johns, uh, was founded uh, about two years ago. Cucinelli & Day was the uh, predecessor firm. We're a general practice firm, uh, and uh, my practice is approximately 50% litigation and a 50% uh, uh, corporate uh, counsel role. So um we uh we do uh, general practice as I mentioned and uh, personal injury and defamation is uh, one of the competencies that we uh, uh that we cover. So um we uh as I said we we uh, formed the firm uh Day and Johns in April twenty ten. Uh we merged uh, a firm that I had stood up and then the, the remnants of uh Cuchinelli and Day. And uh, we've been practicing together ever since.
0: All right. Well, I'm so glad that you are well experienced in defamation because I think that our audience out there should know a little bit more about defamation. uh, My background before I went uh, full force into freelance legal writing and journalism Um, I'd worked in several law firms and worked on some defamation cases on both sides. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad that I have some of that background in doing what I do. Um, And I hope that more people out there who are engaging in uh, dialogue online understand what a publication is and how they can really hurt someone, um, whether they mean to or not. So tell us a little bit about this case. Um, And first, you know, tell us about this case in terms of, People relying on Yelp, and the credibility of these credibility of these sites and uh, how frequently they are used.
1: Well, we have uh, indications that uh, Yelp has uh, over 83 million regular visitors to their site. Um, so there is a, a significant community that uh, reads reviews on Yelp and, and relies on those. We believe, my personal belief is that uh, that Yelp and uh, sites similar to it, like Angie's List, are important communication uh, media, and they provide uh, important information. And, and I believe a lot of consumers do rely on uh, reviews on uh, uh, sites such as Angie's List and, and Yelp to get information about, uh, about contractors, service providers, uh, and the like. So um, I think in the internet age, they will continue to be important sources for information. Uh, which is all the more reason why uh, I think folks who post are going to need to be careful uh, because of the potential for damages to, uh, to businesses and individuals.
0: One of the things that I'd like to comment on is the inherent credibility that is supposed to be there uh, when consumers base, uh, you know post on these sites. Again, the, uh, the assumption is that uh, consumers want to help other folks and want to add their two cents in comments. I have uh, heard of uh, people nefariously, uh, falsely promoting and making false statements on Yelp um, and marketers and promoters and sometimes the site owners themselves, um, you know, as kind of a puffery type of a thing. and that's an interesting uh, concept, and what I find interesting and we'll talk about this evening is what Yelp and other of these sites can do also to work with people to help take down uh, false and negative posts, Um, so those are some concerns that a lot of folks have. Uh, I, I know several attorneys who have Yelp accounts and their websites have links to that Yelp site and a lot of people do derive a lot of internet traffic and business from those, so it's very heavily relied upon by many folks. So in this case particularly, could you tell us a little bit about the facts and what happened?
1: Sure. Uh, Our client is Chris Dietz. Uh, He owns Dietz Development, which is a residential and commercial uh, construction company. Uh, He had been hired by uh, Ms. Jane Perez, who was uh, a friend from high school, to do some work in her house in uh, the D.C. metro area in Virginia. Uh, He uh, did the work in the house, and um, about the time that he asked for payment, uh, apparently, and uh, as the the complaint states, uh, she... um, uh, fired him, uh locked him out of the house, uh, and then uh post made a post to Yelp that um was uh, uh talked about the quality of his work and uh and so forth. But it also made um uh, two uh two statements of, of fact or or what a judge has recently ruled to be statements of fact that implied that Mr Dietz had stolen jewelry from her home. Uh, and also that she had won a civil case on the merits related to this work that was that was done in her house, um, so as you could imagine, these were posted to Yelp and angie 's list, and uh, Mr. Dietz saw them and uh you know clearly they were damaging to the reputation of his his company, so the lawsuit was brought uh, not only to recover damages, and the amount that we 've asked for is seven hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars including uh, 500000 in compensatory damages and 250000 in punitive damages, uh, but also to, to request an injunction, which uh, was granted to us on Wednesday uh, last week, that would require her to remove references to uh, um, the allegations about stealing jewelry and also uh, to change uh, comments about uh, the lawsuit.
0: So tell us about... The laws of defamation and what, where he crossed the line, and the the basis of defamation. Sure.
1: Uh, now, of course, defamation law varies somewhat from uh, from state to state, but the basic uh, common law foundation of defamation is that if you make a a false statement about someone that damages their reputation, uh, and they suffer damages because of that. Uh, that uh, the person who you defamed can uh, can recover money damages uh, against you. So, in other words, uh, and specifically uh, looking at the situation with Yelp, um, a consumer could post a review of a company that says, I wasn't happy with their work. I thought their work was sloppy. I didn't think it was a good value for the money. None of that is defamatory. All of that is opinion. And opinion is always protected. Opinion can't be defamatory. But when uh, a consumer crosses the line, when they make false statements or, or factual allegations, so, in other words, um, the uh, contracting company uh, stole from me. And if that's not true, then that's defamation. Uh, the contracting company is uh, bankrupt, for instance, if that's not true, uh, that would be defamation. Um, the uh, members of the contracting company uh, are otherwise unfit to uh, to perform their trade or business. All of those statements would be defamatory. So uh, where the consumer crosses the line is when they make false allegations uh, of, of of fact.
0: So what about the misconceptions about exceptions? Because I think many people hang their hat on, uh, what they perceive as having an exception based on uh, a First Amendment right or uh, one, or a press exception. Um, what are some of the common misconceptions that people think that they can go ahead and say these things? Sure.
1: Well, with regard to the First Amendment, uh, defamation has never in the history of the United States been protected by the First Amendment. And the First Amendment uh, has some other uh, exceptions, I guess, to to free speech that uh, have been recognized and, and longstanding, uh, such as, and the most common one that, that people understand is you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Uh, clearly, uh, words that uh, that uh, you know incite uh, behavior against public safety uh, are not protected. Uh, there's also similarly similarly a category of what's known as fighting words. Um, that um, statutes that prevent uh, people from using words that would, uh, by common understanding, incite someone to violence, uh, are also not protected by the First Amendment. So this is kind of the uh, "your mother wears combat boots" uh, type comment. So, so those are already examples where the First Amendment uh, has exceptions. And uh, and again, defamation has has never been. Uh, protected by the first amendment. So so that's so that's a misconception that um that the first amendment is an absolute. I think the second misconception is the the notion of the the journalist privilege or a press privilege. Um and really uh what that attaches to is the uh the subject of the comments and not so much uh, the person who is is making them. So, in other words, there's a higher standard of proof for defamation uh, if the person about whom you're making comments is a public figure. Uh, and typically, the higher in the, uh, the, the, the uh, food chain that they are, uh, the more difficult the bar is to state a claim for defamation. Um, when a statement is made about a public figure to recover for defamation, <clears throat> the public figure would have to show, <clears throat> Excuse me. Not just that a that a statement was made that was false, but that the person who made it knew it was false or was uh, or recklessly disregarded the truth, and that's what's referred to as the actual malice standard or the New York Times uh, standard. So, uh, when commenting about a public figure, uh, a slightly higher uh, bar. But I think in the case at hand, when you're dealing with Yelp reviews of a contractor. I don't believe any uh, reasonable person could say that a uh, that a contractor uh, in the ordinary course of business is a is a public figure.
0: Very interesting information, and for very helpful for those uh, out there listening who have not uh, tackled some of these or uh, talked to a lawyer. That's one of the reasons that we do these shows because. Uh, People sometimes would like to get the real deal and hear it from the source of someone who works in an area like this on a daily basis. We're going to take a short break now for some commercial messages, and then in segments three and four, we'll talk a little bit about how should consumers use sites like Yelp if they have troubles and who's there to help things go wrong, and finally, what are some other related issues that consumers should be aware of when engaging in dialogue online. All right, for our special break, uh, halfway point through our show here, I want to tell you first about our new Law Talk Radio Features series. Again, this is new, and in addition to our standard Law Talk Radio DuPage program, Uh, We're based in the Chicago area and mainly cover uh, things going on in DuPage County in the western suburbs of Chicago. But our Law Talk Radio Features program brings back a lot of our national coverage that we had been doing for uh, so many years since we started uh, in 2009. So Law Talk Radio Features is a 30-minute call-in talk radio program where we'll be reporting on legal news and trends in law. We're going to cover local and national stories and produce and promote our episodes through various communication channels. We're happy to have clients sponsors who contribute to our time in producing and promoting these feature programs bringing you news and stories that matter to you our listeners for more information about the features episodes series on Law Talk Radio please dial area code 331 213 7960 again that's three three one two one three. For more information, or please visit AugustineLegalPR.com and click through the links at Law Talk Radio On Demand. You'll find that from any of our webpages on AugustineLegalPR.com. For those of you listening in the Chicago area, we do have a special offer to you from the Law Bulletin Publishing Company and Chicago Lawyer Magazine. Listeners have until the end of December to take advantage of Law Bulletin's combo package for law at lawbulletin.com forward slash combo, where you'll get print and online editions of the Chicago Daily Law Bulletin, plus a one-year subscription to the Chicago Lawyer Magazine, all for $159. Don't forget to check out the Around the Water Cooler articles, where my colleagues and I share tips and stories on our Chicago Lawyer Magazine blog outpost for our readers. Again, that special offer, more information, is located at lawbulletin.com forward slash combo. Next, I'd like to tell you about our friends at the Vitito Law Group and the uh, Law Talk Radio series we're working on regarding the film cuss- cases. The Law Talk Radio theme uh, for this year is really all about school and sports safety, and we're highlighting as many of these shows as we can. You might know of our friends at the Vitato Law Group from the movie about Aaron Brockovich, the modern-day David who loves a good brawl with today's Goliaths. Aaron and the Vidito Law Group team are fighting to change policy and perception about NFL players' safety and what you should know about traumatic brain injury and concussions. Keep on checking in with us for more information about this series here at Law Talk Radio. Now back to our program with Attorney Milt Johns from Johns and from Day & Johns Law Firm in the D.C. metro area. We've been talking uh, in our segment uh, this afternoon about the case where a woman made false accusations of fact on Yelp and is on the other end of a, a lawsuit for $750,000. So, Back to our guest, Milt Johns. Milt, tell us a little bit about how consumers should use sites like Yelp and what they should do if they fall into trouble. Can we start with some best practices to avoid defamation?
1: Well, uh, yes. Again, uh, avoiding defamation, uh, stick to opinion. Uh, Don't cross the line into factual allegations, especially if you don't know if they're true uh frankly i think uh i wouldn't advise anyone to make a factual allegation about someone uh certainly related to them being a, a criminal uh any anything involving stealing anything involving their not being fit for their trade so uh i would uh make sure the consumers who post on the consumer side of the websites uh limit their comments to opinion uh i didn't uh like the work the work wasn't to my satisfaction uh, i don't believe it was a good value for the money all of those things are opinion and and they're important for consumers to know for instance uh, i didn't feel i got good customer service from a certain company uh again that's all fine when uh when the consumers cross into a situation where they say this company stole from me they ripped me off uh there uh, this was fraud um you know those types of things that's when the consumers are going to uh are going to get into trouble now generally speaking, sites like uh, Yelp and angie 's list have um, have procedures for consumers to edit or to remove their postings uh, if uh, if there's an issue that comes up with them. Unfortunately, for businesses, uh, most of the review sites uh, don't afford the the opportunity for a business to have a review removed uh, short of a, a court order. Um, some of the review sites will allow a business to Respond to a review or to make their own posting, but uh, what we encountered with Angie's List and Yelp uh, was that uh, neither site would respond to our clients' requests to have the reviews removed, uh, absent a court order. So uh, there was uh, also some of the motivation in going forward with the lawsuit uh, to seek a court order to make those to make those changes in those reviews to remove the defamatory material.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, I and I have I had similar uh, experience um in the past and with this current uh situation when I wrote about this case uh for Chicago now um the people I had to contact at Yelp were not very responsive and didn't comment. Um, and We requested a comment, but I'm not surprised that they w- would likely be uh, spending all their time commenting because there are likely more and more uh, problems with uh, similar events that unfortunately happened with your client, Milt. Uh If you could tell us a little bit about defamation again, at what point should someone call a lawyer? At what point did they have damages? Uh, or at what point should they... Mm, Try to remedy these problems on their own. What's your advice?
1: Well, uh, you know, part of it is, uh, I think, part of it is being able to, um, you know, manage your customers and manage their expectations. And and in a lot of cases, there may be legitimate reasons that a, that a customer, a consumer, is is upset. And so I think that that the first line of business for first line of defense for businesses is you know is to focus on customer service customer satisfaction customer relations and to head off the defamation before it starts uh the the uh, the, the phrase that i've used or the comment that i've used that i think is very appropriate here to this situation is uh, these are bells that can't be unrung and uh, even if uh, a defamatory comment is posted on a website and eventually taken off uh, the fact of the matter is for the people who've read it before it's taken off there's very very little can be done to to do that to to unring that bell. So first and foremost uh business owners should should uh, pay attention to customer service. Uh second uh I would say is to take the opportunity to post a review to request a retraction uh, online uh certainly to to try to head it off as soon as possible. Uh particularly if it's a situation where a consumer says that um you know, again, they they, they commit defamation. They uh, they talk about uh, a theft, uh, inappropriate behavior, anything that um, that could permanently damage someone's reputation. And then, uh, finally, I think if uh, if a business uh, can't get cooperation from a consumer like that, um, uh, I think that they shouldn't wait too long before contacting legal counsel to have a uh, you know to have their case analyzed. Uh, Because the longer defamatory statements stay up there, uh, the more damage that can be done to the business. And and frankly, the more people who read it start to believe that it's true. So uh, I think that would be the progression of of steps to take um, and eventually uh, ending up with uh, seeking out uh, legal counsel.
0: Thank you very much. Milt, another thing that I wonder about, um, in addition to defamation, uh, it occurs that there are several other issues that could come up when people are um, making publications online. And, again, I'll I'll go back and say not only Yelp, but Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any time that you can publish information to a large group of audience, it seems to me that that's a publication that would, you know, trigger a lot of the different legal theories and uh, issues that we're talking about today, isn't that right?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, there are potential for, in addition to things like defamation, you can have uh, copyright or trademark uh, violations depending on what you uh, what you publish or, or put out on a website. So, for instance, uh, copyright material. If you um, if you take uh, a, a poem, the lyrics to a song a an excerpt from a book and it doesn't fall into some of the exceptions uh which are are limited and you publish those on uh on a web page there's a potential that you've committed a copyright violation same as with a uh a trademark uh you know we see on some of social media uh folks like to um to post you know funny stories and they may take a trademark and and alter it for the purposes of, of humor uh but uh Depending on how it's handled, it could lead to a trademark infringement suit, or you know, the, a damage to uh, to the mark if uh, if the person isn't uh, isn't careful. Uh, and uh, another area potentially is um, using someone's uh, name or likeness to promote a, a product uh, without their uh, approval. So if someone goes on uh, a website and says uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, buys his shirts from Bill's shirt shop. Well, uh, if you're referring to Michael Jordan, the basketball star, and he hasn't uh, given permission for that endorsement, which is typically accompanied by some uh, exchange of consideration or payment, um, you may have uh, you may have um, violated uh, Mr. Jordan's uh, uh, property interest in his in his namesake or his. His image, uh, p- a picture, uh, publishing a picture of Michael Jordan, for instance. So, so there are uh, there are a lot of areas where uh, there are pitfalls for folks that they may not think of. And the fact that the internet is a is a uh, a, a brave new world, uh, and it's a, an emerging forum for the exchange of ideas and information. Uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of folks who participate in that forum may not be up on uh, on all the legal pitfalls that could be out there
0: very very good points another thing i'd like to highlight is when uh, i saw a thing uh, article recently about google images and promoting google images well if you search on google for google images and let's say hypothetically you're writing a blog post promoting your company and you find an image that you like and you right click and save that and then post that in your blog that's not that's not your image just because you found it on google doesn't mean it's free to use you should look around and find sites that allow for free use and read the terms of service and licensing uh things uh, you know from you know microsoft clipart for example has a free use area so either you pay for a uh, license to use some of those pictures but look around you can't just grab anything you find online right Mel? Mail-
1: Uh, Absolutely, and in fact, this is uh, uh, an area that I I deal with in in some of my corporate practice, dealing with intellectual property, and a lot of times uh, I'll have a client who uh, grabs a picture, an image from someone else's website, and posts it on their website without uh, permission, and that's a copyright violation. Uh, You know, someone who takes uh, a a trademark uh, of a, a, a corporation, another corporation or a product, and then they adopt it as their own trademark, uh they're they're committing a, a trademark violation. So um you know the old adage, you know, it, it must be true because i read it on on the internet. Uh the same thing is is true for it, it must be free because i found it on the internet.
0: Right, right, good point. Um and finally i'd like to um highlight how uh people will sometimes make A post on a social media page and then delete it uh, if they figure they have uh, run afoul of something. But the tracks tend to stay a little longer, and there are more companies, more people getting uh, more effective at scrubbing and finding traces of and evidence of these uh, publications long after the fact.
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, some websites, uh, you know, each website is different. Some websites may keep earlier versions of posts for, uh, for a, a longer time. Some websites will have, uh, a policy that, uh, you know, after a certain period of time, uh, those posts are deleted, but for all practical purposes, if someone can capture a screenshot of that posting, uh, it could potentially live, uh, it could potentially live forever. So, um, you know, my, my advice is always, uh, don't, uh, don't post something unless you expect everyone in the world to uh, to read it, because hey. with social media, there's a very good likelihood that could happen.
0: Exactly. Milt Johns, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, quick, give our audience uh, listeners a way that they can get in touch with you if they have their own questions or would like to continue a dialogue.
1: Absolutely. We'd uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, our uh, office number is uh, area code 703-268-5600. Our website, as you mentioned earlier, is www.dayjohns.com. Www.dayjohns, D A Y J O H N S dot com. You can reach me by email at Mjohns, M J O H N S at dayjohns.com.
0: All right. Thank you so very much for your time. I appreciate you carving out the half hour for those.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Nick. And uh, we'd uh, we'd be we'd love to come back on the program again if you uh If you see an opportunity for
0: us, all right. Well, I like a lot of your practice areas, so I may be, uh, or maybe calling you. So I'd also like to thank. Absolutely, we'll talk soon I'd also like to take this moment to remind our listeners Well, the first thank of our our listeners for tuning in And to also share our broadcast links in your social networks Because many people find our shows on each other's Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn pages And we thank you all for your support and sharing Don't forget to stop by the Augustine Legal PR uh, website And check out the newsletter page Where you can sign up to receive free copies of our weekly publications Where we share our weekly articles, radio shows, and content with our audience and uh, I'd like to also take this uh, opportunity to, again, thank not only our listeners and guests on Law Talk Radio Features and the Law Talk Radio DuPage channel, I'd also like to thank Chris McCarthy again for providing support. And Chris McCarthy provides individuals and business owners with the expert guidance and exclusive access to Northwestern Mutual's life and disability insurance policies. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Law Talk Radio features and Law Talk Radio page episodes are programmed to entertain you and bring you, our legal industry professionals, consumers, and guests, the tips, tools, and trends they can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers. Again, this is Nick Augustine from Augustine Legal PR, and for Law Talk Radio channels, I'd like to thank you all for your time.